guys, you're listening to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. I'm joined here by uh, my my colleagues, Benjamin Porter and Charlotte Porter. How are we doing, guys? Hello. We, we're well, not, not especially live, because this will be pre-recorded, but we are... We're on tour. Yeah, we're on tour. Frogs on tour. Unlucky frogs. Frogs on tour tour at Aircon in in Harrogate. So we are we are recording in our lovely B and B. B and B. Airbnb. Yes, an Airbnb for Aircon. Yeah. Uh, So, um, yeah, I I, thanks to the uh, the powers of Virgin uh, Rail East and. Maybe imbibing a couple of drinks last night at a gig, uh, showed up late. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got here for about uh, it was about it was about five o'clock ish, wasn't it? Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. So what on the was, second day? On the second day, yes. yes. <laughs> so what I was hoping that you guys could just fill me in on what's been going on. Um. Well, we kind of already have, but for, I know. But for, for the, the benefit of the for listeners, the purpose, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we we got here yesterday. Um, a lot, a lot of the um, exhibitors were still setting up. Mm-hmm. So you you had the um, you had a lot of the, the guys, um, Mark McKinnon of Wrecking Ruin fame, mm-hmm. uh, Bez of Stuff by Bez. Uh, Keith Tom Tom Pike of Themeborn, Keith McLemon of Nuts and Bolts. They were all in their little corner mm-hmm. down wing their games um, till quite late at night actually. Mm. And the um, the retail section wasn't even no that set was still that, that was still setting up. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of people um, you, Playing? You know, uh, making use of the board game library. Yeah. And um, the. They they have a bring and buy section where you can bring board games you no longer feel quite as attached to as you maybe once mm-hmm. did and can buy copies that of things that other people have brought with them. Pre loved, I believe, is the yeah. the phrase. <laughs> Pre loved board games. Yes. Um, so it, you know it was it was fairly busy last night, but um, to, today it kicked off in earnest. Mm-hmm. Um, I started the game. The game. I started the day with the game. With the game. Yes. Yes. I I managed to um, join in on a demo of the City of Kings, mm. which is a game I've had my eye on for a while. Mm-hmm. I I missed the Kickstarter for it. Mm-hmm. Um. It, but it has some of the the most spectacular art I think I've seen yeah, in a tabletop we, game. Well, we walked past it earlier today, and you yeah. pointed it out to me. Very vibrant, like quite, quite an unusual color palette. Yeah, yeah. but um, at the same time, you can, it, It's a funny one because right away you can see that it, it's it's fantasy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that are quite familiar about it, mm-hmm. but it it. It does those things in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for um, describing the game itself, it's um, you've got it's a, it's a four-player cooperative game, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mishmash in terms of mechanics, but in the greatest way possible. Right, because you it's four-player co-op, mm. um, and. A, 
like all good RPGs, you've got character progression, you've got skill mm-hmm. trees, you get mm-hmm. leveling up, um, and the the board itself is procedurally generated. Right. So you your your characters um, have to explore to flip mm-hmm. over the tiles. So, and those those tiles can be things like a a, a camp where you mm-hmm. can mine, or it, it might be a monster cave. Right. Okay. And the 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 monsters um, as the game goes. That some of the monsters you come up against are absolutely brutal. Mm. I mean, the uh, the health bars uh, once you level up go right up to uh, twenty health. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's monsters like uh, once you progress through the campaign that do twenty damage a hit. <laughs> so it's like you well, sounds to, nasty. Yeah, you have to start being really clever about um, the the way that you're building your mm. characters. And al- although each of the characters didn't necessarily have a distinctive uh, class right mm-hmm. out of the box. I mean, you could argue that depending on the way that you you level up through those skill trees, that mm-hmm. you you can become a tank or a rogue or whatever. But what was quite interesting is that um, the, we the players were were quite naturally um, all leveling up our characters mm-hmm. in different ways to complement one another. Ah. So one right. one character one one of the guys he was leveling up his character um in uh, for its heal, healing ability mm-hmm. um so he ended up uh, as the sort of cleric of the mm-hmm. group whereas I went full glass cannon <laughs> so I, I was like doing you load, surprised me Ben yeah I was doing loads of damage um and and just leaving all the the healing to my compatriots yeah that's fair. Were you were you in on this as well, Charlotte? Yeah, no, I was playing some other games at the time. I was actually in the uh, the, the you know the general board gaming bit, right? Um, with uh, Duncan uh, Cowan of Tabletop Scotland, um, and we played Chinatown. Yeah. Chinatown's great. It was a great. Game. I yeah. never played it before. I actually won by n- not having basically my. I, I didn't think I was going to win, so mm. my game of play was going to dick on everyone. So I like purposely <laughs> kept trying to block people. Yeah. But then I ended up with most money because people were like, I'll give you this for mm-hmm. that. So I had the least amount of pieces on the board, but most money in my hand. There we go. It was great fun. Yeah, I've, I've played I've played Chinatown a couple of times. If we get a chance, I might give you a game tomorrow, yeah. actually, because it is so much fun. But yeah. just, just to quickly finish with um, City of Kings. Yeah, sorry, I was going to come back yeah, to yeah. that. I've talked about it quite a bit, but the, the, this is the thing that, that um, made it really stand out for me from a lot of similar games, mm. is that every character has a worker. Like, you what? actually you have your own personal pleb yeah, that you can send to to farm resources for you, right? And then you can like send them back to the city of kings. Ah. And like at certain points in the game, if a monster appears on a tile mm-hmm. where you've got a worker, they they can uh, they end up as a little bit of a damsel in distress where they're pinned, and you have to go and rescue them. But you can level up your worker as well, All right? So it's a really cool system where. It, it's not all combat driven. Yeah. It, it, there's like commerce plays a huge part in the game. Oh, sold. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's um, uh, Frank, the 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 lad who's uh, behind the development of the game. He said that um, they are planning to have copies with retailers in a couple of weeks' time. Okay. So I will be definitely 
picking that up. Yeah. Because yeah. it just ticks so many boxes. Aye, yeah. And uh, yeah, no doubt we'll be giving that one Absolutely. a thorough playthrough. <laughs> so that's that's good. So, and you were playing at the you were playing Chinatown yep. at this point. So what else did you did you get up to earlier today? We we were at Playtest UK. Mm-hmm. Um, we playtested a, a game by two gentlemen called Johnny and Mo. Mm-hmm. Pandora's. Wardens of Pandora's Vault. So it's quite quite a long title, but I, I think that it's a working title because this playtest UK is where people bring their prototypes mm-hmm. um, and and they put them to the likes of we were there, but two of the playtest UK guys were mm-hmm. there as well, and they did not hold back on their <laughs> criticism. I mean, how brutal are we talking? Um, it, it, pretty brutal. Okay, and that you know that's from someone who is quite direct. I, I realised I don't think I can play test because actually I, I sat there feeling quite. I, I felt the need to defend. Yeah, that's not that's not the point of it. The point yeah. of the play test is to have that opportunity to be able to say this isn't yeah. you know, working right or this. Uh, well, they this, they definitely that. do provide a valuable resource. Yeah. I, I do have to say though that um, I don't necessarily agree with all of the criticism that this guy made of this game mm. um, I, I think he actually misunderstood a couple of the, the rules that okay. he criticised so for me right away you do need to take criticism like that with a pinch of salt Right. Um, I'm also aware he does it a lot more than me yes. so I mean that's fine but he, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he definitely did um Drop the ball on that, but my my um I I um, Wardens of Pandora's Vault. It's a card based game. Um, everyone plays monster hunters, mm-hmm. and you've got five monsters in play, mm-hmm. and um, everyone wants to nab as many monsters as they can. But the you, monsters you have to catch them all. You said it. <laughs> we'll catch certain types. Yeah, are oh, we just murdering well, these monsters? But you know, Lords of Waterdeep. Yes, where you are incentivized towards collecting certain quests. Yes, Pandora, um, Wardens of Pandora's Vault works the same way, where you're incentivized to getting certain monsters, mm-hmm. and you get you get extra victory points if you've got um, monsters that match the similar. All oh, right, that sure, you need to sure. Get. Um, but it, it's just a really really fun dice rolling game so you, yeah. you have five dice you need to roll to match the symbols of the monster mm-hmm. that you want and uh, it, it goes around like that but the, the, the for me the main problem with the game was that um, the, the guys were saying the game ends when you deck out mm-hmm. it's a pretty big deck right so I, I, I said to them 48 cards yeah I said to them that, that that's too long for a, a game uh, like a dice roll mm-hmm. sort of push your luck type game quite, yeah, um, I game felt um, so that they, they had something like yeah, they had these bombs where if mm-hmm. they came into play they refresh all the monsters right. but then they were putting them back in the deck and I was saying why, why can't the bombs just destroy them all mm-hmm. and then that's yeah. helping you burn through it quicker yeah. and the other thing point. I suggested was um if they actually had, rather than just having like five in the middle in a group, mm-hmm. is to have a track and the the the, the track advances mm-hmm. as the game goes. So it so it means that your every 
the start of every player's turn, mm-hmm. you're feeding a new monster and then discarding one off the end. So it means that you're going to always cycle through that deck mm-hmm. and the bombs are just going to speed the game up. But um, they, I did feel quite bad for them. They seemed a bit deflated after it. Well, no, because I think in the end, actually, I think what had happened, I'm, I'm, I'm always a sucker for a compliment sandwich. And that was what was missing. That uh, it came off. He, he came off very negative until the very last couple of points, which were exceptionally positive. You know, it was sort of like this is what you know. This is what you could think about. This is what you could do. But overall, it's a good game. It's a really good theme. I really like where you're going with it. I really like what's coming of it. I really mm-hmm. like where mm-hmm. you're taking it. But that was actually quite in contrast to yeah. what I was saying. And the, yeah. and the the theme was really fun because they'd made up they had 48 cards in the deck and they're all unique monsters Mm -hmm. like there's one called Sasquatch (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) and there's there's one that I got it's like um, it was uh, Dead Brian right and the flavour text was he used to be dead but he got better ah I like it so it's it's a really you know light hearted funny game and I felt also that the actually the name was at odds with the the, the flavour of the game that it was quite quite jokey and cheesy Um, Mm. Wardens of Pandora's Vault sounds very sounds quite serious austere yeah Pandora's Vault would probably suffice but no I I think I think they need a name that um, that um, conveys some of the the humour within Mm. the game but um, that that was quite an interesting experience Mm. um after that, we we met with Dave. Dave Weatherall. Dave Weatherall, mm-hmm. um, who who's involved in Playtest UK, mm-hmm. and we tried out a couple of his games, didn't we? Yeah. All right. Kaleido cards. Kaleido cards. Kaleido card. Kaleido cards. Yeah. Um, a fun game. It was basically um, a deck of um, uh, cards that have. Each card has three components, which is mm-hmm. a coloured background, a word and a font and a colour, and then the word written out. So it was that way. It actually reminded me of a lot of psychological games mm. that you get. You know, yeah. I haven't done a lot of psychology myself, but you always have those sort of mind testing so games. You, so you could have a white card mm-hmm. that says the word red mm-hmm. in a blue font. Right. Oh god, yeah, yes. that that's that's just gonna mess with my head. Yeah. So, like, so there was five. I think there was uh, red, green, blue, white, and black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there was so many variations, and he's he's figured it out so there's every p- possible variation that mm-hmm. you could get. So each card is unique and stands mm-hmm. alone. Um, but the way it works is the um, I suppose the the cards are the the mechanic and. It's, there's like 20 different games you can play <laughs> and they're all very different you know? sounds a bit like uh, some, some other sort of idea that Bez was yeah, getting out yeah. where, when she brought out Wibble yeah, yeah. Um, the sort of brain training type yeah. games yeah some of them were, were very we started off with one that we knew Ben wouldn't appreciate that much which was the uh, where you have to grab the colours no, I hate <laughs> quick fire games um, whereas I'm quite good at quick fire games yeah. um, but then we played one that I really liked, which was again, I found it so complicated. I could find it could feel like my brain melting at one point. Mm. It was just you had to try and match. So you had to identify two cards, and between the two cards, you needed to have all five colours in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, represented in two cards. Card, you know, whether it was the the text, whether it was mm-hmm. the colour of the text, 
And so the, it was what's pretty it, slow. Of all the games we played with that deck, yeah. that was the one I enjoyed the most. Right. But I think that was because you could be a bit more deliberate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and funnily enough, Dave said that that's his favourite game yeah. of the mm-hmm. 20 that he's designed mm-hmm. for that deck as well and it's for that reason yeah. that it's a, it's a gentler pace and it it, it favours a more considered yeah. approach yeah whereas a, whereas a lot of the other ones were more about like um, quick arithmetic yeah. and uh, reaction time yeah. mm-hmm. and you get you get penalised if you just pick that's the mm-hmm. it stops you from just picking any odd two you need to actually because if you pick the wrong ones, you then lose ones from your bank. Uh, so you, you need to sort of really think about it. You do need you know. to be careful then, yeah. The other one that I really liked was, I'd actually, I'd been away from the table when I came back, you were playing it, and it was like Connect Free. Yeah. And it was like you were creating a board as mm-hmm. you went. But that, that's a fully cooperative game. I really liked that yeah. game. Mm. So it's, you, you, you're limited to a grid of five mm-hmm. cards by five cards. Mm-hmm. You start with one in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, you, so you're basically working out how you can build this grid, making okay. the most points as you can. Sure. With these randomly generated cards. Oh, weird. Yeah. So it, it's quite. Um, I, th- I think it would be quite good actually um, for kids in schools to play. Mm-hmm. Just as like a problem solving activity. Yeah. Because it, it forces you to work together. But I, I think of the t- of the two. Um, I mean, if you can say Kaleido Cards is one game, um, of the two games that uh, that Dave showed us, mm-hmm. the one I enjoyed the yeah. most was Rockpool. Rockpool. Which is one that he's currently working on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what do you do in Rockpool? Well, your children collecting shells in a rock pool. Yeah, it sounds it's very big. gentle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's nice, and yeah. even the fact that. The, you you actually physically build the rock pool mm. from the piles. We were actually saying it was similar to. It, it, it felt similar in a lot of ways to nomads. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. You've got the, the 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 rock piles. Yes. And you sort of work your way through, through the, them. the rocks, and then yeah. Are you, and are you trying to collect sets? Is that so? You've got you've got seven stacks mm-hmm. of rocks mm-hmm. in a circle, mm-hmm. and each of them is a wave card. Right. Uh, and what happens is you you pick one of the rock pools mm-hmm. and then you flip over a card. Right. And then you flip another one over. It can be any of the mm. rock pools. It doesn't have to be sequential. You flip that over and put that down. And at any point, at this, um, so say it comes to Charlotte, mm-hmm. she can say, I'm going to take that. And she takes everything in the pile. And then what happens is she matches the symbols from the shells to the shell symbols on the little set of kids okay. that she's got. Ah. And then you put them under them. But whenever you allocate um, shells to the kids, the shell symbol that was on the top mm. of the pile that you picked, you flip the kid with that symbol over mm-hmm. and you can't add any more to that. Right. That so kid's it's exhausted now. You yeah. can't use that. It's just yeah. picked... Too many things from the rock pool. <laughs> so what are the things that you can collect, like old cans of lager? Or things, like, <laughs> there is, there shopping is an old boot. <laughs> no, there is an old boot, though. What was the I old was going to say old boot, <laughs> book of cliches. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah it, I, I dare say it wouldn't be uh, kid-friendly if we designed it. No, no, I don't know. <laughs> use needles and stuff like that. Oh, 
Where's this air? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no air as an aircon. Air as as air the air the town. Air and air show. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So so after uh, playtesting a lot of those games, what what did you guys get up to after that? Was oh. this about the time that I was arriving? Well, one of the things maybe we should talk about was actually last night we did a playtest demo. With Keith McLemon, we did nuts and bots. Nuts and bots. Oh yes. Yep. So Keith McLemon um, is an, another one of the Scottish designers, mm-hmm. and we made a point of going to speak to Keith this we did. time we did. Because, because he was at he was at Glasgow Games, and uh, we sat and, him. And, but, but we didn't get a chance no. to actually yeah. uh, try his games. He was so busy, and yeah. we were with Mark McKinnon playing mm-hmm. Rick and Ruin for the first time, so that took up yep. a bit of time. Yes. So nuts and bots is um, it's it's very much a sort of worker placement mm-hmm. yep. game, um, but what's interesting about it is you're 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 trying to fulfil these contracts to build mm-hmm. these robots, mm-hmm. um, but you so you can opt to add a workstation to the factory floor, mm-hmm. but other players can shift them around. Oh right, okay. In order to to fulfil a contract, so say for example you've got um, a contract with three squares on it, mm-hmm. and you've got um, a chip, a chip, and a laser gun. Okay. You can you need to line those three up in any way mm-hmm. in any combination as long as they're in that sequence. Mm-hmm. So you could have them in like an L formation. You could have them in a line. Um, they just can't be diagonally, mm-hmm. and then you have to have a worker on each of them. Right, that's how you fulfil that contract. But it can become absolute mayhem yes. when people start shifting your yes. stations away, and you can all be at cross purposes with one mm-hmm. another. So it's actually a really fun game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I really enjoyed though about the whole process was actually being able to talk to Keith. Um, so basically, when you look at the game, it doesn't look anything like how you'd imagine it plays. Yes. And after talking with him, that's because he really wants to get the actual mechanics of the game down before he talks about how it's going to look. Yeah, so presentation. we actually had a right. really interesting conversation about how it could look mm. and how we could make things, you know, we're talking about, because obviously he says he wants it to be robots, that's what he's yeah. decided, but whether he's going to make it comical, sort of mm-hmm. comedy robots, going to make them welcome-friendly robots, even, you know, we're thinking maybe sort of like Tim Burton-esque yeah. style, yeah. I think this steampunk is, sort of stuff. This is what could potentially make or break nuts and bots. Mm-hmm. Is where he goes with the theme, yeah. Because it, it it still does look very much like a prototype, yeah. Yeah, um, and that's fine. He's yeah. He, yeah. He, it is a prototype. Yeah, but he is he is testing it and developing it, but, and he's probably that's probably a sensible thing that he's done by saying, right, I want to make sure that the game itself, yeah. the mechanics of the game, all works, yeah, and I'm happy with that before I go into. Um, you know, getting the art direction. It's a really big commitment, especially if you're working on the the visual design at the same time as you're working on the game Mm. design, and then the two of them can be at cross-purposes with each other because, you know, the the themes go in one direction and the the actual play is going in another direction. Mm -hmm. It's it's not... It's still got a ways to go. Um, It's You know, we can't can't really give, like, a full critique of it Mm. because of that. But... um, 
he he's still dithering about how some of the scoring yeah, and yeah. objectives are going to work. Yeah, and we gave him a few suggestions. Yeah. Uh, sure, based on how we maybe thought um, it could work. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's he's even thinking about the fact of um, you know having like a, a set character. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just you know that they don't necessarily have to um, make the ga- the gameplay and hugely different mm-hmm. ways but ju- just from the fact that uh, people can form an attachment because they're just yeah. ah, I like that robot and that's yeah. the yeah. that you play as that's me I always play you know steampunk bot or yeah. you know death bot or whatever it was but yeah. even the fact that we were talking about um, like the order in which you do things because there was a discussion about one of the main the, the main objective of the game is to build the megabot mm-hmm. um, but maybe how actually if you select you know are all the megabots the same design and it's mm-hmm. about token gathering or do you select the megabot you want before mm-hmm. you start building rather than it being you start building and then it's just an oppor- you know, like an opportunity moment where yeah. you think, oh actually I've got half of these guys so I'll get them. You know, or is it that you're already working towards it right from the beginning? Mm. You know, so we had a really good discussion about that and how, how you could how you could make so he's going away to think about those things and obviously other people have played it as well and have given their you know, suggestions yeah. and things. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, he's not got a massive <laughs> to go Is through. It, but <laughs> it, it, it looks as though it's going to be one of those games that's equal parts fun and frustrating. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Which that's, that's usually a good thing. Yeah, though, because right? because the frustration actually is like, no, I want to play it again. Yeah, I need yeah. to. I I need to beat yeah. this. Because <laughs> when, when I said to to Keith oh, that this has got great potential as a friendship destroyer. He was a bit like, oh, I don't think so. And I was like, no, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, that puts you up with, like, Goldeneye and Mario Kart and yeah. stuff like that. So, no, that sounds awesome. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get a chance to uh, try it out for myself yeah. at some point over the weekend. Um, we spoke to uh, an artist called Ralph oh, Horsley. Horsley. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, and and you, you quickly introduced us as well. Uh, but he does fantasy art. Yeah. Mostly, some of yeah. what you may have already seen. I have seen some of it already because he uh, his art is featured on some Magic the Gathering it's cards. Fireball, Mo- I believe, well, is the one that he's most. No, that's Hearthstone. Oh, that's for Hearthstone. That's for oh, Hearthstone. Yeah, um, but um, sneak, the, sneak the most the yeah. most recent yeah. uh, thing that he'll be known for, I think, is the some of the artwork for the Unstable mm-hmm. yes. expansion yes. for for Magic the Gathering. He did, uh, yeah, the sneak. artwork for some of the contraptions. Yeah. Which was really cool, like looking. He's actually got one, one of the originals on display. Oh, yeah, I know. He was, he was saying that um, that that big piece that he's mm-hmm. got for Unstable. I don't know what it's called. It's got all the cogs and all that. And yeah, that. so they they were all um, basically those big pieces of artwork were split into nine cards. So they were all contraptions well, for this, this certain this faction. Is what, but this and, is this is what he said: is yeah. that it was actually done on nine canvases. He's got the yeah. Oh my! They're oh massive. wow! They're absolutely massive. Yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. <laughs> and, and he was saying as well. I I I, I just think this. Is, he says there's a five year lead time on Magic the Gathering projects. Yeah, so yeah. The, that's the, that's the artwork for this was all done five years yeah. ago. Oh right! And wow. I was like that. That's a, I, I. I just think it's amazing that there's this massive team of people that all know that this is a thing, mm. and it, it it doesn't really go out there. And he was saying, "Oh yeah, we like we're all under NDA." And all yeah, that um, we could we could probably talk on a 
just a separate episode, just the development process that Wizards do for Magic the Gathering. As, I mean, they, they, they've come under a bit of fire recently for um, the, the standard format not being particularly balanced or fun. But they are. You'd be you'd be surprised just how much like research and development and play testing that yeah. company does of their own products before releasing. So. And from that, I get talking about the fact that um, you see that in a lot of the games mm. workshops, Bruce. Like you'll you'll have a, a model that comes out in two thousand and eighteen, and it'll say two thousand and sixteen mm-hmm. on the sprue. Yep. And it's and he then got on to mention. That he's uh, doing some of the artwork for the re-release of the Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, yeah. which looked really cool. It, it was amazing. Yeah, um, it, it, it it was just really exciting to to see all that stuff. Yeah, um, as as someone who's of a slightly artistic bent, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I always get a bit gushy just looking <laughs> over artwork and stuff like that. Um, so I, I think we're actually going to have Ralph on the podcast at some Hopefully, point in the future. yeah. So we're going to yeah. uh, try and sort something out along those lines. There, uh, was, there was one other thing, just again, very different. You know, we've been talking about different things we've tried. But there was um, a stall that I went to that mm-hmm. I made a mental note of going to because I'm always on the lookout for them. Um, and it's mm-hmm. Eld- Eldritch Essences. Eldritch Essences. Yes, Essences. Essences. And they do, um, like... Scents like candles, perfumes that drive perfumes. you insane. But it's designed for like um, you obviously they've got stuff for the house, but yeah. they have like this section for um, atmosphere in role playing games, so you can actually have the place smell like like the the crypt, or the, you could have the uh, oh, the inevitable the sewer level. Oh, <laughs> but I just I love the idea. There's actually there's one I'd always been looking at. Um, Cantrip candles, mm-hmm. and they do lots of scents. Like they had one that was meant to be like a, a mead factory, like a mead brewery, oh, right. things like that. Um, the bakers, it was like fresh. Oh, the alky. You yeah. know, um, but again, then they had the the like the black library, and then mm. they had like the graveyard where it was all like sort of musky scents. Okay. Obviously, it doesn't smell of death, but you know, it's sort of certainly helpful. <laughs> but I was finding That's that a... really into it, and to really cool. that, right? Actually. Ah, uh, it's because I know a, a guy that. There, does... Was there was was there not a was it was it Phoenix Alchemy? Yes. Yeah. There, there was a company that actually made a, a range of perfumes mm-hmm. and uh, aftershaves that were that were based on all these fantastical. I love this. I absolutely things. love this because I feel like I just I would love to have you know. Um, if we were doing like you know Dungeons and Dragons, having just something to really create the atmosphere, mm-hmm. really create just the, the feeling of yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's really know, cool. We we put music on and we have like you know music from epic fantasy scores and stuff like that. But actually to have mm. something just to really bring it all. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I made a point of introducing myself to them. Excellent. <laughs> I I I, I uh, just along the lines of you know the the sort of perfumes. I do like the thought. Really amuses me of someone waking up and just going, "Do you know what? I want to smell like a unicorn today." <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people do. It yeah. seems to be the trend at the moment. Everything unicorns. Is yeah, <laughs> unicorns. I, I think I think you've unicorn spoken how we're at um, Lovecraft saturation point. Yeah, I think we're at unicorn saturation, saturation point. point. Yeah, I think we've long passed unicorn saturation point. <laughs> The other thing, though, is of course you know we're back, back, way back in the day when the British Isles they were all picking their national animal 
And England goes, right, I'll go first. I'll pick I'll pick a lion. And then the Welsh guy turns around and goes, no, I, I think I'll have a dragon then. And the English person turns around and says, no, no, you can't have made up. And then Scotland just butts in, a unicorn! <laughs> <laughs> So, yes. a freedom unicorn. Yeah, yes. freedom unicorn. Yeah. What, what's the Irish animal? Um, so I know in the military it's an Irish wolfhound, but I don't think that's the. I actually have no idea. That's terrible. Le- does the leprechaun count? Uh, an animal. It's... it's too human to be an animal. Though, I don't right? think it's on any coats of arms, but no. it should be. Aye. <laughs> Just an angry <laughs> drunk. You know, you know, like the Boston Celtics unicorn yeah. with his lip. Excellent. Yes. So that that sounded really cool. And the, the moment that I arrived uh, was when you you were on a panel with a load of other podcasters. I was um, polyhedron collider. Who people may or may not have heard of. I hear they're a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, they they were hosting. Uh, they called it on the couch. But there, there was no couch. There was an embarrassing lack. I don't know an embarrassing lack of couches. <laughs> I was told there would be a couch there. I would have refused to have got up until somebody brought me a couch. I'm sure that would have gone down well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I walked in as you were uh, because you you were locked in debate uh, with no pun included as well about I was um, about uh, paid reviews. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's something we're probably going to have to address in the future now. Yeah, because he, he felt, and I, I, I guess everyone's right from their perspective, aren't mm-hmm. they? But he he felt that it wasn't an issue. Um, I disagree. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, as someone that 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 stands astride both the the video gaming and, and tabletop, or, or you know, I sort of occupy both. I say stands astride like I'm some gaming colossus. Yes, <laughs> which I most certainly maybe, not. Maybe you are, Ben. Maybe, 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 maybe in someone's eyes, I am. Maybe, maybe just in my own eyes. <laughs> but um, the so without getting into that that whole thing. Mm. Video gaming has already gone through that scandal. Yes. And we need to make sure in tabletop gaming that we do not. Because when it came to a head in it was video game, gaming, game, wasn't it? it was extremely ugly. The alt-right got involved in all sorts. It, yeah. yeah, it was it's a something mess. something that you feel very strongly about. I do, but yeah. I'll feel strongly about it in a future episode. Yes. And I think actually Andy from the Polyhedron Collider is very keen to talk about that, so. yeah. So hopefully we'll we, we'll we'll try and sort out doing some sort of uh, collaboration at some point in yeah. the future. So uh, guys, I think that is just about all we've got time for for now. Ooh. Ooh. Except it's time for a very quick "What's in the box?" What's, what's in, in the, the box? box? Told you we'd be doing this again, guys. <laughs> so so uh, Charlotte I snuck can, off. I can, can, Charlotte snuck off and bought um, one of the latest in the Rick and Morty series of licensed tabletop games. Anyone that knows me knows that I am a sucker for Rick and Morty. I was actually yeah. at the shop trying to look all cultured and be like, mm, what's mm. this artistic? And then I just saw mm. Rick and Morty and I was like, right. I'm I'll have that trashy <laughs> licensed game, Give it please. To me. <laughs> yeah, we got a box fart. Got a box fart? Silent but violent. Yeah. I, see, I see the Ricks. So this game is called 
close Rick counters of the Rick kind. And it's named after based the episode. episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, all of the games they've yeah. been doing are named mm. after an episode because yeah. the, there's Total the, there's Total the Recall. Recall. game yeah. as well. I can't remember what that's called. Um, so we've got a right. Well, I've opened the box. We've that's what all the, the shouting box. about the box fart was. We've got a QI code. QI. In a, sorry, QR. A QI code would that include <laughs> Steve? Like you, you get Fry. Stephen Fry just appears when you scan it. Re- reading the rules out to you. That would be great. <laughs> Tell, telling you why everything he believes a lie. Exactly. <laughs> um, don't know what that is. I will check that out. Download the Quid app for free and start collecting digital trading cards and stickers. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Rule book. Rule what book. do we do when we get index, a rule book? Index, Look at the back. Index. Glossary, glossary. We've got a quick reference. That's good. Yeah. With turn sequence and end of turn. And we have. Uh, it looks like they've got. Right, they've got a section of additional rules. Mm-hmm. And they've got a section for specific card clarifications. There we go. But it's not quite an index. It's not quite an index. Quite accessible. Uh, yeah, they've, they've got the quick reference guide on the back. Uh, funnily enough, see, I go uh, I go gaming with another group of guys uh, occasionally on a Wednesday night, and Stephen uh, from that group that <laughs> actually said that now he purposefully looks for an index in the back of each because robot, of what we because were because of what we were talking about. So it's it's see the amount of people that I, I say that to and they go, oh, that's a good point actually. Mm. But it, it, it's the first thing I look at because there are so many games that I, I always rant about this, but yeah. there are so many games that we've played where it takes ages. Whenever someone asks a question about the game, for you to fish your way through the rule book to find the rule. Yeah. Because that's, there's no index. That's actually something we're talking about. Keith, wasn't it? About yeah. like actually giving things keywords mm. and identifying yeah. when he designs the theme, yeah, des- what the keywords... Decide, yes. decide upon the language yeah. of your game mm-hmm. and put an index in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Um, right, so I'm opening a little wallet. Oh. Uh, these appear to be some sort of organised... Oh, these no, are, these we, are we have collections cards. of Rick's. So we've got um, Annoyed Rick, Calm Rick, Crazy Rick, Drunk Rick, Happy Rick, and Angry Rick. Have you, there's a, I'm just saying, there's a Pocket Mortis? Yes. <laughs> I was playing Pocket Mortis for a while, which is basically Pokemon, but with different types of Mortis. Mortis, yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think these actually give you different powers to mm. use. Ah, right, okay. So okay. it does mean there's slightly different play styles. Yeah. Um, so past the yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, should be noted nice uh, a nice, nice insert, insert yeah. as well which is uh, always appreciated well the Anatomy Park had a pretty yeah. good insert as mm. well the Anatomy Park game um, and I've got here it looks like a, a deck of various Mortys have a look are these the pocket Mortys hold on need to give it a Oh, Does it smell good. That's a good smell. Uh. <laughs> it's got that that new game smell. Yeah, yeah so we've got a, a variety of of Mortys. I've just realised that this is a this is a deck building game, so I'm going to love it yep. naturally. Yeah, I I might not love it. <laughs> it depends how long I have to spend watching Josh draw cards. <laughs> 
And what could be more fun than drawing cards? Well, it's fun for you, but it's... it's and that's all I'm concerned about. Because yeah. <laughs> you're a horrible person. So is it all the Mortys from the episode? No, we've got Mortys, we've got Ricks. I think, we did, did I... Was I right in saying we've got Summer there as well? There's some, some item items. cards. Mm. Um, I think the that's item cool. cards are grey. Then you've got um, special cards like slow clap, slow clap, <laughs> poop and basketball trap, yeah, um, phone sticks, uh, yeah. They they look as though they're events and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, there's some yeah, that's a word. So as I said, as much as I I do love Rick and Morty, and I will collect. We've got three of the four current games. Mm. Apparently, there's another three. That have been licensed and are due to come yeah. out within the next couple of months. So the, the, I will be buying them all. They, they, mm. they all, they are, they all are quite distinct from one another. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They are, to all intents and purposes, completely different games. Look, what is going on with the backs of these cards? I think that's just the Cryptozoic. Uh, they phoned that sorry. one in, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is to be compatible with other deck building games that Cryptozoic have. Hence why a, u- a uniform back. I hadn't yes. thought of that. Mm. That might be the reason. I don't know if it, that is, but, but that might I mean, be. I, as, someone that's, yeah. as someone that is a sucker for the, the Rick and Morty theme, doesn't necessarily care about the game mechanics, I want to know why I don't have Rick and Morty backs. Cronenberg mm. Morty. I want oh. maximum <laughs> Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's all based on stuff from the, the show. Yeah. The show, which is fairly that standard. That is a great episode. Mm. That is a great That is episode. one of the better episodes, yes. yeah. Uh, so we won't we'll, say anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, we are, uh, we'll get back to you on that to, uh, and tell you how, how uh, good that, uh, that game is. But uh, I think we're going to draw this episode to a close now. So, you know, thanks again for listening. If you uh, if you want to get in touch and ask us any questions, by all means. Yeah. And uh, we'll be catching you next time. Yeah. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.